On tonight's show, we have actor and comedian Michael Blackson. And now for your host, Cool Card. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. This is episode 31 of Kicking It with Cool Card. I am your host, Kicking It with Cool Card. Yes, tonight. Is going down. I got Michael Blackson, Mr. Funny Man himself, Mr. African King of Comedy. He needs no introduction. He needs no introduction. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to give him a nice little warm welcome and an intro like I always do, my little cool intros, and then we're going to jump right into it. This man, I can't keep him waiting. Let's get it. Gentlemen, this is Michael Blackson. You motherfuckers! What the fuck is this? You motherfuckers! Can I help you, sir? Yes, what is this? Huh? This is whack! I can't get jiggy with this shit! Where's your damn manager, that pink motherfucker? I love a woman with a fat ass. Every time we make love, all you hear is blah, 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 Look at this bootleg amigos. You ain't Quavo, you Jose. You ain't offset, you off-white. You ain't take off, you run away. Michael, what's happening? What's good, man? God, it's like the best of walling out. <laughs> hey, man. I could only take sound bites because I couldn't use video because of copyright on YouTube. They'd take it down. So, you know, I didn't want to destroy the show. So I had to do it. You know, use what I had to use a little bit. But we got you live in the flesh. So, yes, sir. I'm feeling good, man. How's everything going? Everything is beautiful, man. Everything is beautiful. I appreciate you coming on, doing the show for me. It's an honor, man. Been following you for years, years, man. I go back. So, yeah. Definitely. So listen, man, first and foremost, um, I know you don't get personal, too personal or anything like that. And I'll never ask you anything personal without your permission. But I did hear you talk about um, the situation with your son on the breakfast club. So I just want to say, I, I hope and pray that, you know, God has intervened in that situation and brought him through on the other side of that. And he's good. So I want to start off by saying that. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, man. You know, he's doing much better. He's actually... I spoke to his mom the other day. I know um, he, he called me, but I missed his call. I think he started work uh, today. He started a, a job today. So, oh, that's dope. Uh, I'm gonna find out all about it. I don't know much about it, but I'm gonna find out. I know he's been looking for work. He's been telling me that help me get a job. I'm like, my whole thing. I was trying to get him more like, go get training. Go and work your brains. Go right. learn something. And like he just want to work, work, work. You know, he want to make his own money. Yeah. So I had a uh, so his mom was you know in Philly helping him find a job. So as far as I know, he's supposed to have a job. He was started work yesterday, Monday. Okay. Yeah, that's dope, man. That's a blessing. That's a blessing because yeah. I know yeah he was into some heavy stuff. So that's that's a blessing, man. So listen, man, you as a comedian coming up in Philly, man, you you know you've done the next Friday, you've done the Savages, beat the Blacks. Everybody wants to know. What's up with the new coming to America? Can you speak on that? Are you are you doing that? Uh, you know, not, I can't get into details at all. I mean, we all know the movie's coming out. Okay. I mean, if you Google his stuff, I mean, if you Google on it, there's a lot of stuff out there on it. 
Okay. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. As far as I know, you know, we shot the movie already. It was shot during the fall. Okay. You know, uh, it was shot when August, September, October. I think it was done by October. Like, you know, and we're looking forward to coming out Christmas. Christmas is a date that we know, you know, so hopefully by then the whole country is opened up and people will go back to the movie theater. Because, yeah. I mean, that movie is going to be to me bigger than life. You know, you could be an extra in that movie and become famous because I think everybody yeah. want, want to see this movie. Everybody's looking forward to this movie. Absolutely. It's a beautiful, great script, you know. Um, I mean, from reading the script, I'm, I'm like, it's like the first one plus more, you know. It's like all this great cast from the past. You know, of course, it still had Eddie Murphy or Cindy Hall, you know. The, the, um, who else? Oh, my goodness. Uh, John Amos and, um, you know, uh, John Amos plays dad. And then who, who's Mr. McDowell? He's also in it. I mean, almost everybody from West Virginia and the fourth. So we have like the old cast, the okay. original cast, you know. Um, it's, it's and then a lot of new surprises, a lot of new surprises in the movie, and um, you know, from like guys like you know uh, Wesley and um, me and um, you know Leslie Jones. I mean, if you Google it, you'll see everybody that's in it. So it's like you got the old, you got the stuff from the past, and you got the new people added to it, like the new generation versus old generation. It's an amazing movie. It's great. You guys are going to love it. And I'm just hoping everything, hopefully COVID doesn't ruin it. You know, we're hoping everything comes out as planned, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I really hope it's opened up, man, so everybody can flood out there. That thing is going to hit probably like Black Panther, man. Everybody's waiting oh, for yeah. that. Everybody. Oh, yeah. What the great thing about that movie, you know, it goes so far back. Like, it's, it's, not, it's not like a... A remake is just a continuation, you know. Okay. So that means it's going back to like 32 years ago. Yeah. You know, so you go 32 years ago, man. How old were you? You know, think about it. We're all little, right. we're all little kids. Right. I don't even know you was born at 32 years ago. You know. Yeah, I was here. But, I was here. <laughs> right. So now you're gonna have the, the generation of those generation, and then you're gonna have like, so you're gonna have this is gonna be the first movie where you're gonna have 60 year olds going to the movie because they remember this movie 30 years ago. You right. Know? So it's gonna be it's a, it's gonna be like the young to the to the old. Everybody's gonna be in the movie theater to see this. Man, coming to you know, America. and what I like best about it, you know, they made it PG thirteen, which is uh kids it's like you take the you take your kids to watch it. Right. You know, so now you get the you know, so I'm expecting so much from this movie and shout out to Eddie and Arsenio and the director, you know, for for putting such an amazing job together. Who directed it? Uh, the guy that actually the same guy that did uh um hustle uh, did uh, he, of course he wrote and directed hustle and flow okay um Jen, and then um uh he also did what's the um the thing he just did recently with um with Eddie um Dolomite Dolomite oh Dolomite yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um uh, Bruce what's his name oh my god he's gonna be so pissed at me for messing up his name. <laughs> I'm gonna forget. Craig, Craig, Craig. Shout out to Craig Brewer, great director. Did a great job. Uh, the producers were amazing. I don't remember their names, you know, but uh, I'm just everybody did a wonderful job. It's a, it's a greatly well directed. So I'm looking forward to this. That's dope. Was next Friday your first movie appearance? Next Friday was my first, man. You know, uh, and the crazy thing about that movie is 20 years old. And hey. people still quote that line till today. Yeah. Yeah. Classic, man. That's a fabric. Classic, That's man. A- that just tells you, man, like, you know, as a comedian, 
you know, you never really look forward to like as a comic. I'm not when I started doing comedy in the, in the, you know in the mid '90s. All right, it's like back then was the sitcom era, sitcom. Yeah. So your goal, you become a great comic, and then you make your way. Hopefully, you're able to get on the sitcom or get appearance in the movie. That was your whole goal. Right, right. You know, uh, and and of course with me, you know. It, it so happened the way the, the way it happened where I went I skipped the whole television went strip from stand up to like being in a movie yeah you know and like I say it was just it was just a two minute scene that when you as a comedian your goal is to capture what is a minute or two minutes and make it yours yeah and you know and technically man that scene is so was so great and so memorable I mean look I haven't done no real major movie since then. You know, I mean, of course, I've done little smaller things. Yeah. And then, I, you know, I've done more independent stuff. But this one was like New Line Cinema, big time movie for, you know, for every black person to go watch. You know, so from that little two minute scene, the whole world got to see me. Yeah. And I'm still making a living off of that, you know, till now the next big thing, which is coming to America too. Right. When I do this, and the, you know, when I did next Friday's, like all the black people got to know me. All the Hispanic got to know me. That come to America too is gonna bring out the whole world. Yeah, absolutely. you know. So if you are, if you hiding on a rock and you, <laughs> and you don't know who Michael Blackson is, you wanna know who Michael Blackson is in this movie. That's a yeah, that's a blessing, man. That's a blessing. What about now? What about uh, last Friday? Because you're you're doing that, right? Can we talk about that? Well, you know, we talked. I mean, last Friday, as far as I knew, you know, we we. It probably would have been done by now, you know. But rest in peace to John Witherspoon. And I think once he passed away, it set everything back. Oh. So now I'm sure they have to, like, rewrite the script a little bit. And so now we just waiting. But I'm looking forward to that. I think that should be another great movie, you know, another final sequel. Right. That I think the whole world would love as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. That's It's cool, though, to see you come from that in 2000 and then... Now you're doing it last Friday, which I'm pretty sure you'll have a larger role. Like it's it's just it's crazy how God works, man. God works miraculously. <laughs> I mean, it's and you know, just growing up coming to America, you know, in the mid eighties, late eighties, whatever, eighty something I came and like to actually look up to Eddie Murphy is like, God, this guy is so funny, so great. Right. And then you look years later, I'm a stand up comic, which that was not part of my plan. You know, and then I'm in. I'm standing next to this guy, having a conversation with him. You know, and he knows who I am. Yeah. You know, because it was if it wasn't for him and Arsenio, I mean, they made that happen for me. They said we want Michael Blackson to play this. Oh wow! You know, so it, yeah, 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 man. If you if you go look up the um, go look up YouTube and put in Michael Blackson, and Eddie Murphy. It started all up with TMZ approaching Eddie Murphy about coming to America too. And then he mentioned something about Akon said he should have more Africans. And Eddie said, well, I know one funny African, Michael Blackson. And that was that right there when Eddie, when Eddie said that, I did not need to audition for this movie. Wow. It all happened. The agents just took those those clips that Eddie said and sent it to the to the casting agent and say, hey, Eddie want Michael Blackson in this movie, so make it happen. And they already had, they already had a, a scene written out for me already. That's crazy. So, that's yep. love right there, man. That's love. So I want your opinion on something. So mm-hmm. when comedians 
they you know become like mega movie stars or mega tv stars do you feel and maybe it's based on just the person and work ethic but do you feel that it kind of dilutes the funny of a comedian maybe because I mean, you know what it's really up to that comic man okay it's it's really up to that comedian because a lot of time you know you, you start doing these big they start doing big movies and I haven't got there yet. I haven't, I haven't got a, my own starring role in a movie where it's going to really give me some real money. You know, they start giving me this big money and then, you know, and I mean, I think it's like with any job. With any job, you go with where the most money is. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, think about it. When Chris Tucker started doing movies, he was doing movies back to back, making real money, $20 million, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, he probably made a little bit of money. He probably, probably got his first million money talks after that. He went to the rush hours. He got paid millions for the rush hours. Yeah. So rush hours is paying you millions. Then hey, if acting is paying me the money. Let me do more acting. Right. You know. But at the end of the day, they always will always come back. Yeah. To where we started. You know. To me, stand up comedy is where I make my money. Right. Is my biggest passion. You know. It, it, it crushed me to sit home four months without hitting the stage. Oh, I'm sure. And then recently, I went and did something. Uh, uh, a week ago, a week ago from today, I did something. I did Fifty Cent surprise birthday party. Yeah, I saw it. And did a and did a stand up at his, and and I just all my confidence came back. <laughs> but usually, a comedian man, we don't hit the stage for two weeks. You can see the difference on stage. You you know you, you your timing is off. You forget your material sometimes. So imagine what it's like to be off for four months. Wow. You know, but I was able to you know go on that stage just to like bring some just to like I felt like let me make sure I, I didn't lose any of this yeah because during this four months of sitting at home I mean I'm doing so much stuff online with you know twerking Thursdays and <laughs> titty Tuesday all these crazy things I'm doing yeah and I'm like you know I'm not even taking time to study for my material because I'm like what am I going on I'm not sure when I'm going on stage so I'm not about to entertain that let me try to find me another way of hopefully making some money till I and I'm like, man, I was missing the stage, yeah. you know. So I wrote some material down, and I said, like, you know what, this is perfect timing. Let me go do this thing for fifty. Grab the mic for twenty minutes, and surprise myself. Wow. So I now I'm like ready to go out there. But you are right when comedians, when we step away from stand up, when we step away from stand up for a, a period, a period of time to do other things, we lose our touch. So, but you know. You don't lose it completely. You might just fall off a little bit, but you can always get it back. You know, you just gotta, you just gotta just work hard towards it again. That's why I just, I just, I try to get on stage. I mean, prior to COVID, I used to get, I made sure I got on stage at least every other week. You know, if I have some time off, I would never go more than two weeks without getting on stage. It'd be eight, ten days at the most. You know. So do you do you kind of like? Would you just go out to open mics and just? They, yeah, trust me. If we had it, I would have been going. Not, the, the, the comedy clubs are not open here, right? You know, uh, the only thing I could probably do was get on a plane and fly out to states that are open. Yeah, you know, there are a few states that are open, like Georgia and Alabama, part of Texas. You know, they are open for me to go out and hit the stage. But the thing about it, I've been doing this so long, and I know what my fans like. I know what the people like. I almost think I'm at the point where I can't go wrong. You know, I think they know that I know what's funny. Right. So, I, you know, I was even with the whole 50 Cent thing. I mean, I still had a crowd, you know, so I was able to go on stage. 
I was able to go on stage without going to open mic and try not material I've never tried before. You know, and from there, and probably out of the probably the 10 different jokes that I did or 10 different things that I did, maybe two went okay. Okay. That I didn't, you know, but I know if, if I do a joke and a joke don't work, I know how to go into the next joke and act like that was not even the joke I was trying to tell. Right. You know, but I know I have it because I know how, I know what these people, I know what it takes to make my audience laugh. Okay. And I was able to go up there with new jokes with, with my own confidence and try it on in the audience. You know, but usually you post an open mic is where you go. But I think I've got to the point where if I think something is funny, I think they're going to think it's funny. Yeah. At least 80%. 80% of what I think is funny, they will, they will, they will, have, they will enjoy. I would not need to go try it out. So to like open mic night. When you when you do have new material, do you still get a little nervous to try it out at all? Always. Okay. I'm nervous going on stage with all material because it just it's more like it's it's a good nervousness. It's just when you're nervous it means you still don't take this for granted. You still wanna go up there and give it all. You still you still feel like you could have a bad night one night or so. You never know. Right. You know, but with new material, yeah, you're definitely nervous because you don't know if this is going to work. But I think I've built up that enough confidence to know that whatever I'm going to deliver these people is going to go well. You know, from, from the history of the jokes that I've told in the past. Right. I've been able to, like, judge my material to see, okay, they were like this, they might not like this, and, you know, so forth. So I, got a, I got a comment here. It says, do you ever just freestyle on stage to find your funny? So maybe it's not going so well, or you the, the jokes aren't hitting like you thought. Do you ever just start freestyling? Oh yeah, it's been like it's been times like that. I went on a stage one time. It was in Toledo, Ohio. Was it Toledo? Where they where that alarm went off? I was in Toledo, Ohio. Somebody somebody went and used the restroom and either smoked some weed or smoked a cigarette <laughs> and set up the smoke detector. Oh wow! And the shit went off for thirty minutes while I'm on stage, and I was able to improvise and just find a way to talk about that smoke detector. Why it's making noise? Because I did not want to just stop my show, yeah. let it fix it, and I come back. I stayed on the whole time that shit went off <laughs> and entertained them till it stopped That's with, a lot of imp- with a lot of improv, improv and things. So yeah, I definitely you know. I think my greatest point on stage is when I'm dealing with hecklers. I love what I, I wish a mother sucker would. <laughs> you know, I wish somebody would because I'm at my greatest point. Right. I've been roasted so much in my life that roasting is my specialty. Yeah, man. I be dying on Wild It Out. <laughs> Yo, I, and I also like the fact that your, your your jokes are like spitfire. It's like you can't get finished laughing at one before you're hitting them with another. And it's like, yo, you curled over dying. You know what I'm saying? Dude, it's so crazy you said that because I know I, uh, you know, now when I go on stage, I try to slow down now because I'm like, I got to give them time to laugh. Okay. I mean, in the past, like five years ago, I would go on stage and I don't care if they're laughing at one joke. They're going to be laughing at that same. I mean, I'm like, boom, 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 bam, bam. They're like, yo, Mike, just... Slow down. Give them a chance to laugh at the last joke. Yeah. You know, and that just from like, you know, that's that's just my style. Everybody's style is different. And when you do when your style is like mine, we have you know, I'm more punchline, punchline, punchline. Yeah. I need I use a lot of punchlines, you know. So I mean if, if you if you are gonna put a comedian on stage and like rate each one on how many times people laugh while they're on stage, 
I don't think anybody can top me. Right. You yeah. know, if you put me on stage for 30 minutes and, and count how many laughs you get and put anybody else on stage for the same amount of time, they will not equal to my amount of laughs. Yeah, brother. You're at the top of your game, man. You're Appreciate at the top that, of your man. game. I'm telling you. I follow you, man. It's, you're hilarious. You're hilarious. Everything. Like, the skits. Everything, man. Just... <laughs> Well, you know, I, I just, you know, the thing with social media, man, people don't understand, is another tactic where you have to, you know, and that that's just one thing that I, I got to give all, all glory to God for giving me this talent to be able to, because a lot of times people think you're just funny on social media, you're not going to be funny in real life. I have those guys that will see me on Instagram, do a slow skit. And, I, and the thing with social media, I do that to keep that younger audience, yeah. you know? Like while and not, while and not is not I mean those kids are not even nowhere close to my age. Right. But I keep those younger audience, and I could still, I could still hang with them. I could roast just like them, yeah, or even better, yeah. You know, I could <laughs> deal with the young kids because especially doing show like while and not, I cannot walk the street without a kid coming up to me. First thing they do, want to roast me. They, 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 everywhere <laughs> I go, every strangers in the airport, I'm on a, anywhere on a plane, they're ready to roast because they know that I'm gonna bring that heat. Yeah, so. I do that to keep the keep the young demographic on my side as well. You know, I got the older I got the older Kevin riding with me since I started in '95, and I got the you know I got the young guys that just was born, you know, in 2000. Right. You know, idea. so I just social media man, it's a whole different game, man. You have to you know you have to figure it out. Yeah. You know, and I found my niche, and I know what they like, and I know what they want. You know, I just give that to them. Absolutely. Do you feel like social media has brought you an abundance of opportunities? Oh, definitely. It brought me a whole new life. You know, that's why I'm, I'm not sure who whose idea it was, but it, it was a great thing. It's not just for me, man. It's great for a lot of entertainers as well. You know, even a lot of upcoming comedians that did not have the chance to go, that we didn't have comic view, you know, they don't have shows like Comic View and Def Jam now where comedians could get on TV and be stars. Right. You know, now you got a chance to be your own star. You have your own platform. The social media is your own television show. Absolutely. Just entertain them. If you're, if you're making them laugh, the people will come. Yeah. You will get the followers, you know, because people will share. If your stuff is funny, people will share it. And that's how you get, that's how you, that's how you grow your following. You know, yeah. you guys have put that, take the show cut out, try to go buying followers and buying likes and buying comments and buying all that. You know what I mean? But the, those are the same ones that cannot go. They, they, they try to go on the road and do stand-up. It doesn't work because they cannot. They can't bring that audience out because they bought fake audience. Yeah. You absolutely. know, so, um, yeah, social media definitely changed my life. Uh, it, it definitely. Because when, when, it, when it came out, I jumped on it early enough. You know, started on Twitter. From Twitter, I was able to get a YouTube show. And from YouTube, I'm able to do this. And from from Twitter between Twitter, YouTube, and like Instagram and Facebook, that's probably how I end up in the, in in coming to America too. Right. That's how Eddie got to see me. You know, I'm right. sure he watched me back on Comedy View back in the day. But I found out you still have to keep yourself relevant. Nobody, nobody. If you're not relevant, nobody's trying to fuck with you. Nobody's checking. Period. You have to stay relevant. Absolutely. Now you talk about timing, right? Do you feel that? it's the same timing that you use on stage that you would use for jokes on screen, on set? Is that? Oh yeah, definitely, yeah, man. My, definitely, that's why a lot of time, a lot of sitcoms or movies that like stand-up comics because we could use that timing. 
the delivering a joke is so important, you know? Yeah. Um, and definitely, when I when I do scenes in movies, I want to be able to, like, make it my own, where I could deliver the joke the way I want to deliver it, because I know this, it works for stand-up, and I know it could work for movies as well. It's the same audience sitting down watching the screen. Right. So definitely at the same time, and that's why a lot of time comedians, you know, become TV show stars because of the timing and the delivery. Absolutely. You know, every major sitcom was a stand-up comic. Right. Every major sitcom, from Martin to, you know, and they <laughs> all, you know, all comedic actors. All of them. All just people that are just brilliant enough to deliver a joke, like Will Smith, you know? Yeah. With Fresh Prince of Bel Air. He did a really good job with that. You know, and then of course you got like, you know, Martin, you know, who did Steve Harvey? See, every stand up comic that, almost had a sitcom yeah. because everybody you could deliver the jokes. Absolutely. Absolutely. What about Netflix? I know you were talking about trying to get a Netflix deal and you were going to shoot it yourself, do the work yourself, and then just wait for them to come around. Like, is anything in the works on that? Well, you know, I was <laughs> right as soon as I thought about shooting it, some crap happens. You know, always uh, COVID happens. You know, but I think. Um, I'm pretty sure we should be able to do something really, really soon. I think we should be going back to hopefully. I mean, even if I, if I have to shoot in a smaller venue, right? But I'm gonna definitely try to make something happen before the year ends. Definitely. Okay. I got a question for you that maybe can help some of the up and coming comics. So back in the day when you were first getting into business, mm-hmm. how did you deal with feeling like you were overlooked? For an opportunity you felt you were qualified for. Oh man, it's just so much politics in this game, man. <laughs> so many politics. I mean, back in my day, we did a lot of talent shows. I remember this one talent show I did, and I knew for a fact I want the com- the comedy sec- segment of it. And but and unfortunately, I did it. You know, it was, it was the guy that won it was nowhere as funny as I, I was. Right. And but. His management company helped put that contest together. Is why he won it. Right. You know, so in this, this I believe, man. I believe like when God says your time, it's your time. Can nobody stop when your time comes? You know, and I, I say it all the time. Even if I would have blown up back in like the late 90s when I started, if I would have become a star then, my career probably been over by now. You never know. Yeah. You wait on God's time. Absolutely. You know, that's the wait on God's time. Just at the same time, you got to keep working hard at your craft. If it's meant to be, it will happen. Don't get lazy and just sit back and wait for something to happen. You got to keep going. You know, you keep, if you're a comic, you keep going on stage. If you're a singer, you keep finding an open mic, you keep singing. You know, if you're an actor, you keep auditioning. You keep um, reading scripts. You don't stop. Hard work, put God first. And when it's your time, it's going to happen. If it doesn't happen, it wasn't meant to be. Every everybody's not meant to be a star. Absolutely, absolutely. And you gotta know that. You gotta know that. Yes. Yeah, I was I accept just that. I just speaking with your manager about like I used to do music, and it was like God was tugging on my soul about you know just, it wasn't for me no more, you know. And I just had to step away from that. But this is my calling. I like talking to people. I like helping people. I, you, you know, have my own talk show and help people through things and stuff like that. So here I am. You know what I'm saying? So. Good. Yeah, man. Yes, indeed. And um, I got um, man, I'm going blank. I had a question, and I needed. Oh, I need to know, man. Who makes your clothes? Your, are, are, are those custom clothes? Cause man, you know what? It, it depends which ones he's talking about. 
I don't know. You just like I wear. You know, there's some that I buy, like the the African ones. I I wore were custom made in Togo, West Africa. Okay. Because it was these ones I used to wear. I had the blazer, the pants, and the matching shoes. Okay. I used to, I wore them a lot about two years ago on stage, and then the last about two years a year ago. But the last the last year year and a half, I've been more into like shinier clothes. Mm. You know, so there's a uh, there's a boutique store that I go to in LA that I shop at most of my stuff, you know, and a lot of this stuff is uh, a lot of this stuff is definitely not a store where the average black person would go to. Okay, you know, so I know if I go buy something out of here, I'm not gonna catch nobody with this outfit on. Right. Then I have a lot of people that always offer to make me stuff. So my stuff comes from like a little bit of everywhere, you know. Okay. Once in a while, I go on Riddell Drive and grab something out of my favorite store. So I, you know, I try to, I, I try to switch it up. You know, as far as the stage one is mostly shiny. I got, I believe in as a, as a headliner, you go on stage looking like a headliner. Right. I cannot stand when a comedian go on stage with a t-shirt on or something that anybody in the audience will wear. When I get on stage, I want the audience to look like, damn it, this is where the hell my money's going to. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Absolutely. Hey man, before we wrap it up, I want to know. If there's a king of comedy tour, who's on the line? Who's on the bill with you? The 2020 king of comedy tour. Right now, I, I go with Dave Chappelle. Absolutely. Got to go with Kevin Hart. Chris Rock. Uh, let me see. I'm. Uh, you, you get those. Cat Williams. Yeah. I'm going go with five. Let me see. I'm trying to, I'm, let me try to put this in a banging order, okay? Who would I want to host this tour? Let me see. Okay. Let's have, let's have Cat Williams hosted. Okay. Cat Williams host the tour, okay? I think, um, then, and then, you know, hey, I will go first. You know, um, I'm probably one of the funniest one right now, but I think that those other guys' names might be bigger than mine's. And usually, when he, when you are introducing people on stage, they kind of go on how more popular you are. The name, yeah. You know, you want a great host that's also popular. So let's say I make Cat Williams host. I will go up first, and then after me, we'll put Kevin Hart. You know. Unless he wants to go on before me or whatever, vice versa. <laughs> right. And then we'll throw in the. Um, all right. I think right now everybody's love Dave, but I think, but I, but I think Chris Rock got more of a faster punch lines. Mm-hmm. So I probably have Dave Chappelle and then maybe have Chris Rock close it out. So Chris Rock will be the headliner. You know what? I will look at it. This is not a show after. It has to do with headlining. This is much. This is more like just going in like. Just the headline, it just sounds like this guy's better than everybody right, else. Right, yeah. So it's a culmination. It it's a culmination of the legend in the game right now. Exactly. You know, like I say, because when you're putting a show together, you like to, you start off with a bang, and then you want the show to rise up. Right. You don't want to go like boom, bang. You don't want to go up and down. Yeah. You know, like Kev, Kevin Hart's style is more like storytelling. You know, they're not like, Punchline, punchline, hardcore. He's not, you know, he's more PG 13. 
You know, that's right. why I'm saying I probably pull Cap first. I probably go after Cap, and then maybe Dave, and then Chris Rock, or maybe Chris Rock and then Dave. You know, okay. it go any one of those orders. But that's how I would. That's that's what I do right now. Yeah, that'd be a dope lineup, time. man. Y'all gotta make that happen. Soon as COVID's over. Oh, man, I don't know. I mean, the thing about it, everybody, each, Dave Chappelle got his own. Dave don't need nobody. Kev don't need nobody. Chris Rock don't need nobody. Cat Williams don't need anybody. They'll all do their own thing. So, but like when you're trying to squeeze four people that could go and sell out the same amount of venues on their own, yeah. it makes no sense for them financially. I got it. But like you said, it's not about a headliner. It shouldn't be about that. Let's just all yeah. get together and let's put together. Let's get together and take the pressure off each other. Just go up there and do 20 minutes each. Yeah. Kill it. Put together a good show, man. Legendary. Yeah. Yeah, man. That'd be great. We'll see what happens. Who knows? For sure, man. I'm rooting for it, man. I'm rooting for I it. too. I'm coming if it, if it happens. I um, You're going to be out in Atlanta in August, right? Yep. August 22nd weekend. I think 21st and 22nd. Yeah. I'm going to come check you out. Appreciate that. Yeah, that'll be right around my way. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. But listen, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. I really do, man. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, but yeah, man, mean the world to me. It's an honor. Keep doing your thing, brother. Praying for you. Uh, yeah. Appreciate just it. keep going up, bro. Just keep doing your thing, man. You funny. Yes, sir. <laughs> Got you, motherfucker. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, man. Peace out. Hey, everybody that's tuning in. Um, want to appreciate you guys for tuning in, man. And if you have not subscribed, go ahead. I invite you to subscribe to the show. And uh, yeah, man. Michael Blackson, y'all. There it is. Michael Blackson in the flesh. I invite you guys to subscribe to the show so you can get the value that I'm gathering from all these guests. Um, but yeah, thank y'all for tuning in, man. Episode 31. Epic. Appreciate y'all. Kicking it with cool card. I'll see y'all next week. Never know who I might have. And we out.